Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Big news, everyone! Well, the worst-kept secret in all of wrestling has now officially come true. NXT is going to be moving over to Tuesday nights instead of Wednesday nights, which means NXT ups and downs are going to go from Thursday nights to Wednesday nights. It's all very confusing, but I just want to take a moment, a brief moment, just to celebrate the good times. Because throughout this period of NXT on Wednesdays on USA Network, we've seen Keith Lee reign supreme with two championships. Io Shirai have an all-conquering reign at the top. And Dexter Loomis just abducts people pretty much every other week. Okay, maybe let's not forget the last part, but it's the end of an era, so we're just going to salute it and say farewell, Wednesday, we barely knew thee. I'm Gareth from What Culture Wrestling, and let's see if NXT can go out on an almighty bang or a little bit of a whimper. These are the ups and downs for NXT. So this week's show kicked off with an almighty banger because we did have Roderick Strong taking on Cameron Grimes in one-on-one action after Cameron Grimes last week tried to get hold of the IP for the Undisputed Era. It did not go very well for him. He got a punch in the face for his troubles, but he tried again. And this time he came a bit more prepared. He had a t-shirt that said Grimes the System, which... And then he had some music that said Grimes the system and loads of graphics made up, which Roderick Strong was not impressed by, so he just whacked him again. They then segued into their match, which was a bit strange, really, come to think of it, because they both were scheduled to be in the Battle Royale later on in the night, but things happened to maybe change that, but we'll get there. But it was really cool seeing Roderick Strong in this character, because you could tell he was so, like, et up by what had happened with the Undisputed Era. He was just unleashing venom at the annoying Cameron Grimes, kicking him, drop-kicking him in the face. He was very angry. And then as we got onto the outside of the ring at one point, he was stood next to some kid who was wearing an Undisputed Era t-shirt and he saw it and he was just like, ah, that, used to, that was me. And then he got thrown into some scaffolding. I like where this is going. Because if Roderick Strong now can't get through a match without looking at any Undisputed Era merchandise, his life's going to be very difficult. And we like difficult storylines because it gives us something to overcome. So I'm liking where we're going. And this also tied in very nicely with the finish, which saw Cameron Grimes pull something from out of his trunks. And I was getting very worried at that moment. But then 
then he dropped it on the floor after he got Olympic slammed and it was an undisputed era armband which of course blinded Roderick Strong he was like I can't see he didn't do that but he did get smashed in the chest with a cave in from Cameron Grimes and he got the win and after this late one in the night Roderick Strong was just like no I've had enough I'm sick of this I'm not going to be in the battle royale I think I've, I've finished with NXT and he just walked out with his suitcase I think we may have broken Roderick Strong but the match as a whole and this really compelling finish it's of course getting up hot on the heels of this we had a video promo of Karrion Cross doing loads of insane workouts he was doing catch wrestling judo punching the crap out of stuff he looks like a wrecking ball and I'm very very worried for Mr. Finn Balor but because I like my wrecking balls I'm gonna give it an up we had another one of these video package hype things after this and it was Walter just talking about Tommaso Ciampa obviously he's gonna be defending his UK championship against him at Stand and Deliver and he was like oh you used to be a leader you used to be this big special superstar in NXT but you're not anymore I am I'm in another level and your chest I'm pretty sure his chest is going to be obliterated into loads of tiny little smithereens all across NXT for the rest of time I am worried about that man's chest before long the Gardo del Fantasma were then stood in the ring and we had Santos Escobar stood there and he was saying right I'm going to offer out an open challenge just to prove to that stupid Jordan Devlin exactly why I'm the NXT Cruiserweight Champion the real one and do you know who came out and answered this? Tyler Breeze. Hey, I love Tyler Breeze as much as the next guy, but it was just a bit of a shock seeing him walk out for a singles match because we don't normally see that. We normally see him tied up with Fandango doing all that stuff. So that was great seeing him. And the match itself, it's of course getting him up. Because very quickly, Breeze realized he had to kind of overcome this numbers game that Legado works so well to their advantage. So he took out Wild, he took out Mendoza, and then he inzaguried Santos Escobar right in the chops. There was also a really cool moment where Breeze hit Santos Escobar with a spinebuster into a sharpshooter and then Beth Phoenix was like ah sharpshooter he's wearing black and pink as well Bret Hart tip in the cap in the end though another homage to another person another WWE legend Christian the unprettier he went to do that on Santos Escobar but that did not work he then got reversed into the phantom driver and Santos Escobar walked away with the victory as you'd expect but then something else was set to go down because Legado looked like they were going to batter Tyler Breeze in the middle of the ring MSK suddenly came to the rescue they chased him off like a pack of wild dogs like, and then just around this entire thing off we had the Grizzly Young veterans beaming on a big screen in the CWC and they were like you guys are not focused we're focused we're gonna win those title belts and yeah I know it's not the greatest build in the world for the tag team championships but you can't really help the fact that somebody just got injured just before the big event so they've had to kind of throw it all together it's going to be great. The matches themselves, both the Cruiserweight Championship, ladder match, unification match, and the triple threat tag team title thing, big epic title contest, they're both going to be great. So let's just sit back and watch the chaos. Johnny Gargano was then ambushed backstage with an interview. He was like, right, how do you feel about this Gauntlet Eliminator Battle Royale North American Championship? mess with loads of moving parts how do you feel about it and of course he was very annoyed because this meant that he had only 24 hours to figure out and learn stuff about his opponent he was just being an entitled little prick but then austin theory of all people suddenly went i think this is a great idea because have you ever heard of the finger poke of doom and every single wrestling fan's heads hit their desks 
Because after reminding us all that this, yes, did in fact kill the business for a spell, Johnny Gargano thought, well, that's, that's fine as long as I keep all of my belts. So yeah, let's do that. Let's put Austin Theory in the Battle Royale. Let's have him win it. And then we'll get to a NXT TakeOver and do the Finger Poker Doom and everything will be great. But of course, no, that would not be good. That's a down. And it's also, we're going to bring up the Gargano meter. It's going to get a 2% because I do not want any finger poking of Doomin coming on my NXT programming. That's a weird sentence to say. A really quick up next because we had Io Shirai in the medical facility thing from last week and she was asked, she was like, oh, why did you choose Raquel Gonzalez? Because she looks like the most formidable person on planet Earth. And she was like, that's precisely why I've chosen her. And she just looked like an absolute badass. So yeah, up. Women's tag team action was on the way after this and it was fine, okay? It's going to get an up because I'm not just going to slam something for being fine. Fine is okay. We're going to be positive. But it was Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae of the way taking on Gigi Dolan and Zayda Ramirez. Yes, I had to go and check her name there because I'm sorry she's new. I didn't know it. But to be honest, early on they made me know who they were because they took down Indy Hartwell and they were determined to bully the less experienced of the way. Before long, Indy Hartwell was like, nope, not liking where this is going. She tagged in Candice LeRae who then started to pull the ship. Pull the ship back in their favour? Yeah, she's like Superman. She pulled the ship in their favour. And you just sort of knew where this was going. Candice LeRae, after long, just got the wicked stepsister hooked into Ramirez. She slammed her face straight into the mat. And then Indy Hartwell did like a springboard elbow drop. They won the match. But it's what came next, which was a little bit strange. Because, of course, this was all leading to the fact that these two, these The Way members, wanted to challenge Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon for their NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. And this obviously led to Moon and Blackheart riding out on their tank, accepting this, accepting the fact that these guys had just shot their shot, so they then literally shot their shot via a little rubber rocket into Indy Hartwell, and she barely reacted to it. She just kind of went, oh, yeah, so the whole rocket to the belly stuff's probably going to get a little bit of a down, but the match itself's probably going to be great, so... Yeah. So my most anticipated match of the week was up next, but before we could get there, NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai, she intercepted Raquel Gonzalez, who was going to be in this match against Zoe Stark, and she just stared her in the face and said, you cannot kill me, and started fighting her. I love it. I love Io Shirai. She's just a possessed demon of a performer, and she just tried to kick the crap out of Raquel Gonzalez, but then she threw her into a box, which was a bit of a running theme throughout this show. But the match itself between Zoe Stark and Raquel Gonzalez, it was good, it was maybe even great, and it's just about getting the yellow highlighter of the week. I nearly at that then, it's that good. Because I love the tactics of both people involved in this match. You had Zoe Stark running around like a headless chicken, just trying her best to stay the hell out of Raquel Gonzalez's way, because every time she got her hands on her, it was a massacre. She is a monster. It was going really well for for a stage, she was chopping her down, she was just drop kicking her, kicking her to the face. But then Raquel Gonzalez caught her in like this, this position where she had her feet on her legs and then face dropped her. It looked extremely painful. But these evading tactics started to pay off as the match wore on because there was a moment where Zoe Stark went to do like a crossbody on the outside and then she got caught by Raquel Gonzalez. You were like, no, don't kill her. She went to lawn dart her into the post, but then jumped off, slammed Gonzalez into the post and you were like, yes, she's back in this. But then in a really cool twist, she had Dakota Kai taking up the role that Raquel Gonzalez had been playing for her for so many months before this. She sneak attacked Zoe Stark who then clotheslined her over the top of a guy 
guardrail because Zoe Stark is a beast. She then got into the ring and got into a position where she was going to jump off the top rope and then just before Gonzalez went to do a single arm powerbomb off the top rope like she did in their tag match last week, it was a lovely little callback, she blocked it and pulled off this like swinging neck breaker, it was lovely. But then the inevitable pretty much happened because out of nowhere Raquel Gonzalez picked up Zoe Stark when she was going for like a swinging kick thing and just nailed her with a single arm powerbomb, she won the match but what a match it was. And after this yet again, the Oshirai came down to the ring and she started to try and attack Raquel Gonzalez who picked her up and threw her into like the plexiglass rail mesh thing that is in the CWC. She threw into that like a crash test dummy and I thought Io Shirai had died. But no, she was not dead as you will find out later on. Kushida was then having a backstage interview after this and then Pete Dunne intruded on said interview and he was like, you said that you're the best technical wrestler in the world. You're not. I am. Which is something we acknowledged and we spotted last week. So the seeds were already being planted for what will eventually be revealed later in the night. Right, and I'm just going to say it straight up. I love this. I've been a massive critic of everything involving Kylo Riley and Adam Cole in terms of the way this feud's not really lived up to the hype that I so much wanted it to, really, since the whole Adam Cole kicking everyone in the face and breaking up the Undisputed Era. It's not really done it for me so far, but this little video package, it was everything I like up. Because it felt like a UFC or like boxing promo thing just before a, a massive grudge match where you got these two guys who were like sat like staring down the camera and just talking really earnestly about their relationship with the other person. And it was great seeing all like the history of Cole and O'Reilly where they, where they were before NXT in New Japan. They had a picture of them beating each other up in New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's a little detail, but I love it. Also, you had all the back and forth from last week and that weird little like edge of the table sit down conversation they have with each other before they sign the contract for the unsanctioned match at TakeOver Stand and Deliver you had all those words and then side by side with them you had like the images of the Undisputed Era just being an absolute dominant force of nature in NXT just as a reminder of how great they used to be it was lovely it got me amped up as you can tell I've not taken a breath in about 25 years it felt epic it felt must see it felt like what Kyle O'Reilly against bloody Adam Cole should be so yes we like it Caden Carter and Casey Catton's Arrow then finally got their hands on Xia Li and Mei Ling, but they didn't. They didn't though, did they? So damn. Because firstly, this just kind of disappeared after Boa and Xia Li were attacked by Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro a couple of weeks ago. It just poof, went up into thin air. So now suddenly they were like, oh, you care about this again? But uh, no, the ship has kind of sailed. I mean, now the momentum's been lost. I didn't really give a toss. And then you have the double whammy smack in the face that was the fact that Mei Ling didn't even get involved in this match. So it turned into some kind of two-on-one handicap thing where Catanzaro and Carter were dominating Xia Li very early on. And then Carter, being the cocky brick she has been in recent weeks, she went straight up to Mei Ling, she got in her face once again, and she got choked and bad breathed for her troubles. It was weird. But then, just seizing the advantage of this entire weird situation, you had Zia Lee still in the ring with Casey Catanzaro. She did a spinning kick to the face thing that still looks incredibly brutal and just I don't ever want to get kicked in the face like that. She did that. She got the win for her team or herself, technically. Not sure how that worked out in the end. But my biggest takeaway is the fact that we're taking all this great shine that we've had on Zia Lee recently where she's just been kicking all the ass and looking like an absolute wrecking machine and now all the attention is on mailing and the fact that when she breathes on people they pass out I didn't like it it's just not for me it might be for you if it is all power to you I like the fact that you're liking the wrestling but for me it just felt goofy strange give me Zia Lee kicking people 
And not for the first time on this night, we had yet again Raquel Gonzalez and Io Shirai fighting backstage. It was even worse this time because Gonzalez literally picked Shirai up and threw her through a wall and then looked at her and just went, stay down. And in my mind, I was just going, Shirai, please, please stay down. We like you. We love you. You're our champion. You're going to die. Old man Champa was then sat back on his back to front chair as he always likes to do. And he talked about the fact that, yeah, maybe he's not the same Champa that he was in 2018, but he's a new Champa. And this Champa does not like the fact that you ripped off his necklace that his wife and his baby girl gave him as he was going into neck surgery. Walter, you're a bit of an asshole. He also sealed off this entire passionate promo with the line, it's a long fall from the top of the mountain, which I really enjoyed. It made him just seem like an absolute badass. But I still worry that his chest is gonna... I'm gonna keep hammering it home. His chest is going to be ripped to shreds. Finn Balor then did a similar video to what Karrion Cross did earlier in the night. He was like looking on the camera. We've seen loads of his trading footage of him whipping chains and medicine balls. He looked like he's in the shape of his life. He's got the stamina, but he's still gonna get eaten by Karrion Cross. It was main event time after this, and I'm sorry, Wade Barrett, I don't care what you say, this is not incredibly simple. This gauntlet eliminator battle royale stuff, it's making my brain hurt. Because it took two people to explain that 11 men were gonna enter the match because Roderick Strong had just gone for a walk somewhere. It was gonna be six men in the eliminator gauntlet, the last six who were in this match, and then the order they got eliminated in would dictate the order they entered the gauntlet match on night one of TakeOver Stand and Deliver, where the winner of that gauntlet match would then get a match against Johnny Gargano for the North American Championship on night two. If you didn't get that, neither did I. Isaiah Swerve Scott was attacked as well before he could even get into the ring. He was the first person on his way down. Leon Ruff attacked him, who's obviously his rival. So things got off to a bit of a weird, messy start before we even got into the match itself. And yes, I'm going to use some notes for this bit because I keep forgetting who's in the match. There's so many people. We had Pete Dunne, Jake Atlas, Cameron Grimes, Tyler Russ, LA Knight, Bronson Reed, Austin Theory, Dexter Loomis, Kushida, and obviously Isaiah Swerve Scott and Leon Ruff. They're all in this match. They're all fighting each other. Now let's talk about what happened. Because Malcolm Bivens was up to his usual tricks and he cost Jake Atlas his position in the match straight away. He got eliminated first, but then Karma bit him on the ass because Tyler Rust, his associate, was then following out afterwards. Throughout all this as well, you kind of notice that Dexter Loomis was stood in the corner. He was not moving. He would stay that way for much of the match. Austin Theory was the next person in peril because he was like hanging on the side of the apron and Bronson Reed hip attacked him. That was the worst hip attack in the history of hip attacks. He did that. He fell off the side of the ring. He fell onto the floor and he looked like a really helpless tortoise. And then he did the stupidest thing imaginable because he went I know exactly how to get out of this situation. He did a nip up, landed on his feet, and of course he was eliminated. What an idiot. Kushida and Pete Dunne then had their long-awaited showdown. They just started grappling, trying to make each other tap out in a battle royale. And then Kushida did an armbar so severe, both of them got eliminated. They both fell out, and then it got announced during the commercial break that they are going to have a match on night one of TakeOver Stand and Deliver, which has definitely delivered what I stood for. I think. And you know what? Slap bang in the middle of this battle royale, we had yet another picture-in-picture -picture nonsense, stupid commercial break that really derails and annoys my viewing experience. So we're going to derail and annoy your viewing experience right now with a new segment called I Want It. I Want It. So, full disclosure, this advert probably did happen earlier on in the night, in the picture-in-picture one that happened earlier, but Dunkin' Donuts advertised this weird float coffee thing that I want. I like chocolate stout. I don't know if we can get that over in the UK, so if we can, Dunkin' Donuts USA, send it to me right now. You derail my day, I'm going to derail yours. I want it. 
So the next two people to fall out after this were Leon Ruff and Isaiah Swerve Scott, who were both eliminated by Bronson Reed, meaning they will start the Gauntlet Eliminator on night one of TakeOver Stand and Deliver. Bronson Reed was out next, because he got teamed up on by the finally moving Dexter Loomis, LA Knight and Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes then tried to bribe his way out of the situation. He was then eliminated by Dexter Loomis, who was then eliminated by LA Knight, who jumped through the middle of the ropes, who obviously was not eliminated because it was not over the top rope. He grabbed the leg of Dexter Loomis, yanked him down, he won the thing, he's coming in last. And before we even had a minute to let this sink in, Io Shirai arrived yet again, started calling out Raquel Gonzalez, she came down, the entire women's locker room poured out to try and keep them separated, and then Io Shirai ended the entire night by cross-bodying Raquel Gonzalez and the entire field of women below. It looked beautiful. But in case I haven't done it already, the entire battle royale itself is going to get an up. It was quick, it was to the point, had a few little feuds set up for the future in there as well, and then Io Shirai being an absolute force of nature, getting me amped up for TakeOver, gets an up as well. So just to summarise, this week's NXT most definitely gets an almighty up, because it did exactly what I needed to do for a go-home to a two-night TakeOver. It got me hyped up for matches I didn't really care about, it made me care even more about matches I already did give a crap about. It was good stuff, I liked it. Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.